0: All right, welcome to the first Getaway Day podcast with guest Mark Hamburger. I'm Willie Argo, your host. And this is my first time. I'm a little nervous, so that's why I brought Mark on, because I figured if I don't know what to talk about, i will just come up with something wild. Thanks for coming, Mark.
1: Thank you for uh, allowing me to be here, Willie. I really appreciate this.
0: Yeah, we're <laughs> we're in the uh the conference room at the Sheridan and Sioux Falls and uh we we don't have anything to do for a few hours, so I thought, you know, that's kinda how we got the, the Getaway Day podcast name. And Mark was kind enough to come in here. Um Mark, uh Major League Baseball player, pitcher for a couple months with the Rangers, right? Yep, Texas. Yeah. Anything anything you'd like to say about that experience? or? Um. Well, I
1: wasn't ready, so I'm back where I'm supposed to be.
0: What do you mean you weren't ready? I uh, wasn't ready for
1: all of it. I wasn't ready mentally. Physically, I mean, I was throwing well, but at the same time, my mind wasn't ready because I don't believe it's a game that is just uh, a rookie can just go straight to the majors. I think that if you look at the best baseball players, those are the guys like the Ichiro's, the Michael Young, the Beltray, the guys that can sit there and mess with a pitcher's head or mess with a batter. And it, I mean, Greg Maddox, man, best example through 80 poo, but probably one of the best pitchers of all time. Well,
0: Maddox, I mean, when he first started, he was like 91, 93. Absolutely. And it was
1: moving like 10 inches. Totally, but when, it, <laughs> when he when he drops speeds and he's pitching when he's yeah. 40 miles an hour, there's no well, more. He went no to the more...
0: Braves. He was a Cubby. I'm a Cub fan.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's all technical after that. It's all, uh, it's something else.
0: So when you say, I mean, you said you didn't think you were ready um, mentally. Do you oh, mean, in a lot
1: of different ways. I mean, I wasn't ready for the money. That's um, what I was going to... I wasn't ready for... Uh, the girls, I wasn't ready for what comes along with being a pro, that's of, uh, um, I mean, let's say I went straight into a bunch of press and stuff like that, and I started turning into, a you know, you see those kid celebrities, like the Beavers and the Miley Cyrus yeah. well, they catch on so quick that they don't know how to, you know, turn it off, next thing you know.
0: And I mean, how, old, uh, how old were you when you, when you Twenty-three. Twenty-three. I didn't know it was that long ago. What year is that? Two thousand and eleven. Two thousand eleven. So Twenty yeah, twenty-four. Twenty-four. And then what happened after that? What was the timeline? Um well you um, made it up that was the year of the NL or the World Series, David Freeze. Yep. I got to sit in the dugout for the World Series. Um, but you weren't on the playoff roster?
1: No, I was if a man went down. Then um I was the next guy on the list other than there was another guy, his name was Kirkman. He was there with me, so it was kinda like if a lefty went out they'd probably brought him, if a righty went out they would have brought me. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that was that was that year, David Freeze triple and then the home run and then all that. Nelson Cruz. I remember watching that game, I had to lift the next day at like five thirty. Yeah. And all my roommates were in bed. I was like, You guys are crazy and I started start screaming and like going nuts when that happened. You probably are not. I'm a Cubs fan, so I wasn't happy about it, but it was just a... I mean, for me, it was, you know, as a baseball
1: player, you want to play, so being there was a cool experience, but at the same time, you know, like, you want that camera on you, you want the ball, you want that, so I mean, it was a great experience, like, but, I mean, it was it was cool, it was just a moment in my life that I really
0: appreciate. Yeah, I, I feel like wanting that, you know, wanting that camera on you is something I feel like we have to fight against as like that's part of i don't i don't know it's it's a complicated thing i feel like you want you know you want the attention you want all that but then once you have it it's kind of well where do you well
1: i think you got to be ready for it and that's why i say i wasn't ready for it is that there's so much that uh that comes along with it it was gary sheffield that said it wasn't the money it wasn't the drugs it wasn't the fame it was the girls that wrecked me (laughs) and you think about that and like girls have the mind of their own drugs don't uh Alcohol yeah. doesn't like you can control those things to a certain extent. He put you put the pussy let it go. on a pedestal. Well, I'm, I mean, the pussy's already <laughs> on a pedestal, but the thing is, is that the girls they you know, like that once it pulls at your heartstrings, you're in a different place. And I mean, emotions, those things manifest real. So, I mean, you got a girl who's making you crazy Well, going on the field while you just had a hell of a night or a hell of a morning getting in yeah. a fight. There's not really a lot you can do to get your mind clear. So it's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like temptation to go out all the time. Yeah. People that just want to buy you drinks, your homies back home. They, I mean, you're 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 right in the mix of so many things that are just brand new, and you love it. But the thing is, you can get consumed so quick. So I got consumed, and the next thing I knew, I was back in AAA.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's when you're in the minor leagues, which uh, I mean, but well, we have one other guy on the that's been in the big leagues on this team. But when you're in the minor leagues, it's like, you know, you're in double-A, and it's like, oh, we're going to Jacksonville. Like, that's a fun place to go. And then you're in the big leagues, and it's like, oh, we're going to go out. You know, it's Jacksonville. And then you're in the big leagues, and it's like, oh, we're in New York City. We're in L.A. We're in Chicago. We're mm-hmm. in Dallas. Like, you know, it's every night. You could There's something to do every night. And you're a major league baseball player, so you have – you know, I mean, there's... Well, I mean, people want the, you to the go richer out. you get, the less
1: you pay for drinks, too. Yeah. That's just how it goes. And so you don't, you know, it's funny how that works, but yeah. once you get there, you don't pay for anything. Yeah. You just give it to you, and you're you. like, I don't even get to spend my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have that problem. Uh... Well, I got <laughs> about $700 in the bank. So <laughs> I'm rich.
0: That's for sure. Rich in mind. Rich in mind. Rich man. in spirit. Yeah. Um, so after that... You're in the big leagues, World Series. You're not on the roster, but you're in the dugout. And then what? What's going on after that?
1: Um. Well, after they left, this is when it uh, turns into the negative. This is when okay. it started. I'm, I'm asking because I don't know the exact. No, moment. this is not. This is. It's I want actually, this to be more actually, like a conversation. It's actually then. one of the best parts of my life, just because. Um, the universe kind of told me i wasn't ready because a a bunch of events opened up like when they give out a playoff bonus it's $242,000 was Damn. one share so each player gets voted of what share they get what percentage they get so can you um, get like half a, full, a share? a full share would be 242 grand. So, my agent told me I've been up for a month and a half, almost two months. He was like, you'll probably get about 20%, like 60 grand. I was like, woo! <laughs> like, I had, like, about 30 grand in my account from the two month and a half. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I took all that money. I was like, I'm getting 60, dude. I get to pay off my debt. So, I paid everything off, taxes, uh, you know, loans, car, put yeah. my parents out. I was down to, like, eight grand. Yeah. Well, when they voted the money, I don't know, you know, I guess what what happened, but whoever voted it, um they granted You're not gonna say. I no, think I know. No, okay. they granted me uh I gotta ask a thousand dollars. So thousand bucks. A thousand bucks yeah, after I just dropped all my money paying off my debt. So I was at like, you know, eight thousand or nine thousand yeah. dollars now. But yeah. then two weeks later I got a uh, uh a tab in the mail, I guess you could call it, for twelve hundred dollars for World Series tickets. So after me being a professional baseball player, I owed two hundred dollars. You gotta be shitting me. So I basically said, you know, this is completely messed up, and I was—I mean, I was bitter because it affected me. It wasn't—it wasn't that, you know, if—if I wouldn't have allowed it to affect me, but I had so much attachment to it, I was like, dude, I'm getting sixty grand. I'm getting sixty because I was told it, you know, like you're definitely getting that, probably more. The bat boy gets half share. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, they'll give the I've heard teams giving bat boys full shares. So it was just one of those really? things where I didn't
0: know that. Yeah, I went
1: out to Colorado and lived with my brother and uh after that? And yep, enjoyed the mountains for the off season and I didn't touch a
0: baseball until spring training. So do you think uh, Alright, so we're back. Uh we had a little we had a little snafu. That's what happens when you're Using your phone to record a podcast in a uh, room that you didn't pay for or rent at a Sheridan in Sioux Falls. Thief. (laughs) But uh, we were talking, I think you were we're in, you went to Colorado, lived with your brother.
1: Just melted for like five months and just cleared my head. (laughs) Melted. Or tried to clear my head.
0: Yeah, so I I think the track that I was, uh, my thought path was, so... Now that I, I know you now, and I think everyone here knows you a little bit, you don't seem to care about money at all. You, I think you could be, I know you could be other places making more money. Do you think that you cared about it too much at that time and you let it bother you too much? Yeah, I, uh, of
1: course. I mean, you, you come into baseball. Like, I mean, the main reason I'm in baseball, like, obviously I love it. And it was something that my dad was like, dude, you're gifted at. We got to, you know, keep doing that. And the next thing you know, like when I get into pro ball, what's, you know, your top priority is your family. So I was like, dude, my dad, he's worked as a printer for 30 years, you know, busting his back while he's got three kids, you know, and he did it the hard way. And so I just want him to retire. So, yeah, that's all of that builds up into an expectation. Like I feel as though I'm I, I have a duty towards my dad. But the thing is, I don't. My dad has to be okay with not having money, with being where he's at, because if I don't make it in baseball, he can't. if he had expectation that he was going to be out of debt and stuff like that because of me, well, that's on him. So now I've let that go, and I've said, you know, this is medicine for my dad also, me not getting all that money, because if I got that money, we'd be comfortable. We'd be comfortable, but there's something deeper going on, something that I feel is like a spiritual thing that's letting go of the attachment of money so that no matter where you are, no matter where I am, no matter where I'm playing, I'm happy. So no matter what happens in my life, I'm trying to let go of those things so that they don't affect me anymore. And money was one of them. I had to let go of that. So yeah, right now I'm I'm very good with where I'm at. You know, I, we got our spring training, you know, paychecks or whatever, like three hundred dollars <laughs> or yeah. whatever it was, and that made me so happy because i would let go of it so much that even a small paycheck of three hundred dollars made me You're happy. like cool, yeah. Yeah. Because if you're living a normal life, you're always eating. you are always got a roof over your head. Like I went to Venezuela, man, and I visited a kid in the slums who was a tattoo artist where I got some ink from down there when I was playing winter baseball. And I visited his house in the slums, and when I came back home, right when I heard my dad say something about our house, I stopped him. And I was like, Dad, never say anything about this house again. That's bad. You are living luxury. Yeah. You have no idea what's out there. You've never been there, and I was like, "You can't complain anymore." So anytime I'm in my house, it might be the smallest one in our neighborhood, but dude, it's a fucking mansion. Yeah, excuse my language, podcast. No
0: podcast. It's it's. We're you know we're not on the FCC. We're we're good. But I don't like slang and curse words. Well, I mean, sometimes it's it's little necessary. Alice is listening. Well, my grand, my well, I don't know. There's going to be like probably like five of my friends and maybe like my mom and grandma. That listen to this. Sorry, Mrs. and Grandma Willis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard that from a lot of people that have been. My sister and my mom go to Haiti uh, almost every year. My, I don't think my mom could go last year because she had surgery of some kind. But yeah, I mean, my sister is almost like annoying sometimes because that's like she's like, I don't want presents. Just send it all to Haiti, and she'll get get mad if you send presents. But I think if you've been there and you've seen it, and that at first I was almost like, okay, El. My sister's name is Ellie. Oh, we get it. Like, you went to Haiti. Mm-hmm. But now that I've, I don't know, I was maybe a little younger and kind of, I don't know, dumb, dumber. And uh, I, I was like, we get it. But now it's like, okay, I, I understand where she's coming from. I've heard, I've heard so many people talk about experiences like that. Well, it's just
1: being thankful for what you have. Like, yeah. I, I will never be the type that I see <laughs> someone gourding on food or throwing away a bunch of, st- and I'm going to, like, judge them. Because that's yeah. not my place. Well, you know? they had their right to but, do that. But it is my place with my with my dad to be able to be, like, be honest with him and be like, Dad, man, we, we have so much, so much life. You know what I mean? Like, everything's good in our house, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, water. Yeah, there's breaking walls and pipes are cracking and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But, like, that's what old houses do, dude. Yeah. Like, it's not anything you can help. You just got to repair it. And luckily, we have friends all over that are electricians, plumbers. So, like... When it comes down to it, quit stressing because yeah. I don't stress anymore. Yeah, and to get back to the basis of it, I don't stress about the money because I'm always I'm always good, man. Yeah, I'm always good. You'll always be able to, you know, we'll be able to eat and sleep on a bed, and that's that's a blessing because a lot of people
0: don't have that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm there. Yeah, I would like to be. I mean, oh, you know, I still have my days. I'm pissed off.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Like, obviously, it's a practice. Every day is brand yeah. new. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, have a day that I'm mad. But I'm just aware of it now. So when I get mad, I'm like, why am I mad? And yeah. I'm like, whoa, the money actually affected me. It's like, it's like when I got, when I got uh, that paycheck, you know, that thousand dollars, I was so mad. I had so much anger. The next year, I go into spring training. That deal, do good. But my velocity was down a couple miles an hour. So they. It was two miles an hour. They were like, "Well, you're going to Triple A because of two miles per hour." Yet all yeah. the major leaguers were saying, "You're pitching great, Mark. You're pitching great." So then I was mad more, and I held all this anger inside of me until even the next year I played with the Astros. And at the end of the year, I was doing great. Didn't call me up. The last day of the season said, "You're going home." So that was three years in a row that I had expectation that something was going to happen. And this is my job, so it's my whole life. Everything's yeah. invested in it. So I got. Pissed. So I was so, so mad that, well, then that's when I failed my drug test, is because nothing could make me happy other than being out, out of my head. own head. Yeah. Not being stoned, it was just, it was an act of rebellion. It turned to something that wasn't a medicine anymore. It turned to something that was um, just abusive. It's like I can go out and have drinks, but once. You know, one yeah, of once friends, it's, once you're going out once, to forget, yeah, or once someone breaks up with you and you just start chugging because you want to forget, well, that's when it turns into a problem. So all that negative, you know, I guess negative buildup throughout the past couple of years, it just boom. And next thing I knew, I was I was in rehab. Which, like that moment, you were in I, rehab. I put myself into rehab because that was I failed two drug tests. I wanted to look good in the eyes of the MLB. So the Diamond So I wanted to look good in the eyes of the MLB. But when I got there, three days, four days into it. I woke up and I said, what the f- am I doing here? I was like, I do not belong here. And all my demons came up. So all that anger from all those years came up and I didn't know what to do with it. And the only thing I could do was let it go. I couldn't keep it in because it was just, I was turning into a madman.
0: Did you just talk to somebody or? No, man, I was on my
1: bed and I opened up my Bible and, um, and I literally turned it just turned it random. I was like, "Dude, I I have no idea what to do." I was pacing around my room, and uh, I know
0: that feeling. Yeah, the next. Thing I think I a lot went, of people know that feeling. Yeah,
1: I mean, you have those moments that yeah. are just like, "This was my moment of like, you I let go of everything."
0: 26, 20,
1: I 20, yeah, twenty six, something like that. But it was uh, two thousand twelve um, during spring training that year. You know, so I was in rehab during spring training. And, um, I turned the turned you know a couple pages and boom! All I saw it was just. Like, cast your problems on me and I'll give you rest. And I was just like, cast, you know, and I'd like, everything just came up and I just started bawling. Just by
0: yourself? Just by myself.
1: Crying in your room? Yeah. I mean, rehab, to be honest, when I left rehab, they told me because I wasn't doing any aftercare programs that I was going to fail. So they told
0: you that you were gonna fail. They told me that percentages
1: show that I'm gonna fail, and I was like, "So you're telling me I'm gonna fail?" They're like, "That's just what the percentages show." And I was like, "You?
0: I'd be like, and this rehab facility, yeah, that is
1: bullshit. The only reason that I am going to make it is because of myself. Yeah, you guys gave me a couple of tools, and we got to talk and sit down and di di But when it came down to it, all you care about in the end. Is the money.
0: Yeah, making money. They want you to so do... So you want me
1: in your system, and because I'm not going to be, you tell me I'm going to fail? How dare yeah, you? Yeah, that's... So I was done with that. I mean, and luckily, I've I've proven them wrong, man. I've yeah. taken every step and done everything right, and so I can sit here and tell them that they were completely wrong.
0: That was uh, Psalm 55, by the way. That? Psalm 55. Yeah. Um, I lost track a little bit. So you... You went to rehab, and then, I mean, then you, I played with the Saints, dude. You played with the Saints that year. Yeah. Um, but you can still—I mean, you—I've seen you drink before. You can still have a drink, or
1: I don't know. I mean, I've gained my self-control. as people think that? I mean, I guess this is getting into something else, but um, it's an addiction of the mind. You know, like any addiction that you have, it's—it's it's not the—it's not the, the product. It's your personal self. So it, once you can control your personal self, there's nothing that you can't control. There's people in, you know, in Europe that are full blown alcoholics. But in Europe, like a couple of the countries, it's huge it's to cool. do a yeah. no, no to do a uh, for church. You know, your month of cleaning your life out, whatever that is, what Lent is that Lent? Yeah, Lent is and, and they And These people will give up alcohol, and they know that the first week is going to be hell. But their spiritual is. Your mind is so much stronger than you think it is. You think you need it. You think, oh, I'm dying. You know this. Well, some people are so deep, they physically need it Yeah, to help. yeah. But at the same time, these people are just stopping because they know they're going to deal with these problems for this week or two weeks or whatever, but after they're that... They're just going to suffer through it. A, yeah. because it's because they know they're powerful enough. Yeah. So I just wasn't powerful enough to get rid of it, so I just had to do something about it. The next thing I knew, I guess you could say God came down and punched me in the face and woke me up. Yeah. Which... I'm the type who needs a punch in the face. I, up. <laughs>
0: I don't know. You don't seem like that guy to me. Well, N- now, not I mean, now. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I'm, I'm awoken.
0: I feel like maybe I was maybe a little like you three, four years ago. I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though, where you're just like, what the hell's going on? What am I doing? I think, yeah. A lot of people, A lot of people was, in their mid-20s. My mom in college, when I was in
1: college, she told me that I walked up the street one time and I was just like, Mom, I have no idea what a normal life is. Now I can say nine years later, that. I don't really want a normal life. Well, first off, I hate robots. So yeah, I don't like robot life either. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to work in a cubicle. But like... I'm saying I didn't know what a normal life was. I mean I didn't even know how to control myself. I didn't know how to behave. I was like I was just letting everything get to me. So now I've completely gained control of that. So I've no I've no worries. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's good, man. Well, so then after that. You're Saint. Coming back home. Well, you're not from St. Paul, but what? Shoreview. What was it, Rose- Shoreview? From it's Shoreview. Suburb of St. Paul. We're, min- we're Minnesotans. Minnesotans, yeah. I'm technically in Minnesotan mm-hmm. as well. Cake eater. Um, that was at Midway. Um, had you played there before? No, mm-hmm. I've just seen
1: games since I was little.
0: You probably loved that place. I heard it was like a dive bar. Oh, yeah.
1: First game I think I went to, I went to get a foul ball, and my dad yelled. He has a huge whistle, and he whistled, so I stopped and turned around and looked at him. Were you and on a like, Get away! <laughs> and I look, and there's like 20 drunk dudes bombing this ball, so they all run in literal like a six-foot-high dog pile. And I was just like standing right there, and my dad's like, get out of there! So that was, that was my first memory of Midway, and... The only m- thing I'm mad about is that they used to have a hot tub in left field. I saw that. That was And be awesome. uh, the reason I signed. Did chicks ever flash?
0: I don't Did know. You know if
1: chicks were flash. I mean, I'm, dude, That'd I, be I, awesome. I was focused on the game, man. I'm focused on the game. <laughs> you know. Anyway, <laughs> so the hot tub. I couldn't tell if that was sarcastic. It was totally sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I, if chicks were flashing, I would have known it.
0: <laughs> but oh, I, don't, I don't think they were.
1: <laughs> but they, uh, so that hot tub. I signed because I wanted to have a start and then go out and have a six-pack, bring friends, girls, whatever, and enjoy time in the hot tub. Well, they had taken the hot tub out that year, so really? I thought about
0: quitting, but my well, family the- <laughs> told me just to quit the <laughs> mark. And then, uh, so you had some other stipulations uh, that year. You actually tell me about this oh, yeah. in the shower last night. It was a good shower. It was a good shower. Uh, why don't you... Or would you like uh, yeah, to share my,
1: my stipulations well i mean yeah i mean i love george george i love you if you ever listen to this probably won't but anyway i, I don't agree. know dude so <laughs> <laughs> i told george i was like george you know i'd gotten out of triple a AAA or whatever and you're making a decent amount and so i was uh i was on the 40 man at that time. yeah, day, you know? so, yeah. Was, so you're yeah second so you're obviously on the 40 it was man, a shock pretty good money. coming to to indie ball yeah and i just told him i was like george you know i I also have payments and stuff like that. But I will sign with you if you don't give me a pitch count. And if the game is tied or we're in the lead, don't talk to me. <laughs> and he took me out one time within a couple of outings in like the seventh or eighth. And I After went, like
0: 131 pitches, I went inside said. and
1: I snapped. And I like threw a chair, broke it. He came in and was like, I'm oh,
0: sorry, dude, you don't play <laughs> dude, dude, dude.
1: And I just, I was like, dude. George, you never do that again. We got a deal. That's a freaking contract. You do it again, I'm gone. <laughs> and he'd just come up to me eighth hey, inning. From now on, I'm like, you good, dude? I'm like, don't talk to me, George. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and was, last night, I felt like you threw... Mark pitched last night. He did, well, what, eight innings? Mm-hmm. Three runs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he threw 200 pitches. It was a lot. Um, but like you said, he doesn't like to come out of the games. Um... Well, I think I think
1: pitch counts are stupid. That's what I think. I think if you're if you're performing a task, if you have a job,
0: you, finish you job. have to be sustainable.
1: You have to be able to be like of someone who can complete your job. Like there's people that are doing you know, working on top of buildings and doing crazy stuff. Well they, they don't just, you know
0: like, like uh, I'm, I'm tired
1: count, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kinda like you finish the job. So I guess that's how I view it is I'm not trying to sit there and and get taken out. This is ba- this is what I love to do. Like, and yeah. I only get to do it once every five days. You know, yeah. that's why position players suck, are but are the coolest ever. Because, what? <laughs> well, I want to be a position player. Yeah, so I, I play would never day. want to be a pitcher. I hear I position players, it. and I understand it because the body gets tired. But I hear position players oh, I just play like six days in a row. I'm like Cal Ripken, dude. You're a pussy. Well, he was probably on steroids, though. Oh. Well, steroids or not, dude, he played two thousand something games. Can I say bro. that? I,
0: that was. By the way, don't sue me. I don't. That was a joke. It was satire. Uh, it was the 80s. <laughs> the 70s, whatever. People did roids. Um, so let's get into a little, I mean, we're kind of going to talk about baseball, but I know you're a multifaceted individual, one of the more interesting people I've ever met. Um, Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so you you do all that. You throw all those pitches. When was the last time you lifted a weight?
1: Um, well, one was in the, a hundred pound barbell was in the back of my car during the winter, so I I put that in there, you know, for snow purposes to really hold down the back.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, I used to have a truck, with sandbags in the back. That was a
1: good workout, so that's, that's the last time. Yeah, so. January.
0: January. So you're a (laughs) big, uh, more like eastern, Kind of, medicine, no, no, I, I, question, dig-
1: I question my body. I question my workouts. I, so when I see baseball now, I see muscle bound guys getting hurt, getting hurt, and not lasting. You know, yeah. you, I, you you hear about these, you know, the coaches. I've heard the coaches are people that'll just, you know, if I've heard it with you know, some Latin players that. You know, being in a poor country like that, get up, make your money, you know, go help your family. So, like, a lot of people, it's that short-term goal, that get up there, make your cash, get up. Yeah. Well, I mean, pitch two years in the big league, you're set, you know? Well, that's no, it, that's not how I view it. I'm like, man, I, I want to play baseball the rest of my life. I want to play. Are you just trying so to keep like, playing? Yeah, I mean, it, look at look, Satchel Paige, favorite pitcher of all time, pitched until he was 58 years old. Last major league game was when he was 58. He pitched for five generations, dude. Talk about traveling, having the funnest time. He left broke contracts because the team had offered more money. This is back in the day when it didn't run. Really, but it was like he—he he just played. I don't
0: know. all the, Like, I had a six-pack after the game. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my style. No, I—I, I mean, you're a big yoga guy. I've seen you in the training room. I actually have some video on my phone. Uh, viewed. Doing, like, handstands and shit and, like, bringing one leg down. I don't even know what... I didn't it. agree with that. That's okay. I, didn't, I haven't shared it. I haven't shared it with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when did you get into it? or Like, what are your what are your thoughts it's on that? 2009
1: was when I got into it from a, from a girlfriend at the time. She was dish. But she, <laughs> uh... She got me into yoga, and the first teacher I went to is still, like, my guru right now. Like, she's, her name's Nora. She's uh, in her 50s, and when I went to her class, she, like, right when I went in there, you know, I also also was searching for something deeper of meaning, too. You know, like, I guess, I guess I'd, you know, sometimes lifting up metal bars and stuff like that. It just kind of, it it didn't really...
0: Engage your didn't mind. Didn't really sing to me. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. So I, uh, I went there, and the first thing she said is, like, She's like if if you're on your mat right now you're living a luxurious life and I was just like cool, yeah. man. <laughs> I do live a luxurious life I'm on a mat in a heated room
0: yeah
1: about to butter my bones you know so it's, <laughs> it was sweet Nora I mean I've not been in it for eight years and I've um, you know you have a, a lot of different types of strengths you see the people that can that can squat 400 pounds but they can't do a one-legged squat you know what I mean yeah. like own body weight well that's yeah. i like the body weight stuff because it's oh, i, I feel as though it's stuff. a little less yeah um you know but i also just believe in tension man you know tension is i think of i've told a couple of people this on the team but who dies in the car accident the drunk guy or a sober guy sober, the sober guy because yeah. he's tight so i yeah. think of baseball man it's an unnatural movement you're throwing this baseball whipping it as hard as you can if you have tension in your body of course you're gonna it's gonna be affected yeah so if you're loose and like a goose and (laughs) yeah you're not gonna you can't break gumby and a lot of young kids they don't know who gumby is it's can't pull fat that's what i mean you can't david wells david wells boof bonzer yeah big boy former twinkie yeah
0: chubby i like it he was like a first rounder i think loved mcdonald's did he i don't know assuming so by his yeah stature yeah um, <laughs> sorry, dude. it's okay. I don't think Booth's going to listen. You never know. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Mark? I know. I feel like people say you shouldn't talk about religion or politics. So I feel like we need to talk about religion or, and politics. No, no, nothing.
1: Politics. Definitely. No, I don't
0: know anything about politics.
1: I don't either. Really? That's, that's why no. know you can talk about animals.
0: What's your favorite animal? Good question. <laughs> Flying squirrel. Do you hunt or fish? No. That's rare for Minnesotans. Well, I mean, I
1: fish, but with my hands. With your hands? Yeah, I don't want to hurt them. Like a <laughs> fish. I just pick them up and give them a kiss. <laughs> you go to the Mississippi. Lots of salmon are in there. Yeah. They just jump up right in your hands.
0: That's news. I, I <laughs> that was that. happened, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I didn't think that was a real thing. No, um, no
1: hunting, no fishing. Never, never got into it. I was more of a. Uh, I used to play army in my backyard. My dad used to bring us to the army surplus store, get us full camo gear oh, nice. like sniper ghillie suits.
0: Was he in the military? At all? No, no. But
1: we had 500 acres like behind our house of nature's, oh, so yeah. we just get camoed out, take our broken hockey sticks, turn them into guns, put <laughs> flashlights on it, duct tape it, so we going through the woods just like. Get the Russians! <laughs> my dad would give us a mission, and we'd be gone all day. And just it was just you and one brother, me, and my bro. I have an older sister, but then I had a neighbor, neighbor
0: kid. We built forts, dude. So. I, we people used to play outside. I my neighborhood, not the house that we live in now, the one before that, but the one before that, we had seriously like twenty-one kids within a two-block radius. We were about the same, and we'd all just get together and play like capture the flag, mm-hmm. wiffle ball, like, we would be out, I mean, th- we got home from school until, you know, 3 o'clock, until 7, 8 o'clock at night when it got dark, you hear your parents call for dinner. Yeah,
1: there was no rest. No, my dad. My brother, dad was my brother doesn't do that anymore. My dad was a genius. My dad would, uh, we had a bonfire pit, huge bonfire pit, my dad would tell all the neighbor kids, hey, you guys come over, rake the yard on Saturday, I'll have a bonfire with, hot dogs and s'mores, and so <laughs> he'd have 15 kids in his yard raking it wouldn't have to do a darn thing he's sitting there like drinking a beer <laughs> just watching 15 kids l- rake his yard throw some hot dogs. It's genius him.
0: yeah he's a smart man <laughs> Genius. yeah we used to i mean we do all that stuff we get fights we would have organized fights when we were kids it was kind of weird but like it was the kind of fight we're like you'd like plan it out like we weren't mad at each other we just wanted to fight for some reason like it was fun i don't know but then you just stop like when the guy lost i feel like that doesn't happen either it's like you like jump somebody and put it on world star
1: mm. yeah i never I'm, I'm our neighborhood you know we loved
0: ele we didn't fight lovers not fighters
1: no no we we had our we had our bickers we'd always play this game called kill the carrier during the winter get on your sled go down the hill and try to stay on so there'd be, like, five people on the like hill. And I was you the up. youngest in the neighborhood, like, boy-wise. So, yeah. you know, you get the crap beat out of you. But that's what made me as you know, good I am as sports, is I give all my credit to those guys because you I had You were to be, the youngest one? Yeah, I was the youngest one, so I had to be better than all of them. You know, and that's how I, you know, trained, is you're training with guys that are way better than you. Well, it makes you get better a lot quicker.
0: One of my buddies, uh, Brandon Wyckoff, uh, he was, like... He struck out, like, six times his junior year in college. He was... He's like 5'8". He played for the Saints, actually, for a little bit, and then he got hurt. Um, but he had an older brother, and he's left-handed. And I was like, I remember, we were, I think we were, like, drunk coming back from the bar one time. And I'm like, dude, how'd you learn? I mean, he had smooth, smoothest swing, just, like, middle, other way. And I was like, how'd you learn how to hit that way? And he said, his brothers, everyone was right-handed, and they were playing, like, slugger or sluggo, whatever you want to call it, and they wouldn't move. So if he pulled the ball... He'd be out, so we always had to hit He'd it to left field. And I thought that was a good story.
1: It's a good way to
0: hit Oppo. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting story. Well, I mean
1: it's true because I mean, you know, obviously there's things that like come with our genes and stuff like that. Yeah. But when it comes to something like that, it's like my mom taught me to read and write, so I write left handed, but then my dad taught me baseball, so I throw right handed. Really? So I mean maybe, you know, he just said I but then again when I was little I picked up a ball, threw it right in, and my dad was like
0: Good job. Wow. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I guess it started out like that, but as I got older, it just grew to that.
0: Yeah. I never, you want to know something weird is I was never taught how to read. I just learned. We were stopped at a stopped at a traffic light, and I said, hey, does that sign say cold beer served properly? And my mom was like, yeah, how did you know that? I was like, I don't know. I just read it. Like, they taught me the alphabet and stuff. But I was like, Five. Wow. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah.
1: That's actually some some sci fi stuff. Right? Yeah, I don't
0: know. That's and then they took me home and they're like they're like, Can you read these books? And like all the little starter books they had? And I just boom boom right through them. Yeah. yeah, it's kinda weird. That's weird. But I'm really bad at like math and science and stuff like that.
1: I used to be in my yard when I was nine years old and it'd be super hot during the summer so I'd just be completely naked. <laughs> and my mom would, you know, yell at me and tell me to come inside and when you were I'd, nine? Yeah, nine. So I was, you know, decently young, yeah. old enough to Yeah, go. that's a little old. It, it was that hot, you know, it was really yeah. hot. So I just <laughs> liked party, so but she would chase me in the yard <laughs> because I wouldn't come inside. So she would
0: chase me around, not just be nude. But that doesn't gonna, surprise me. I just
1: wanted to tell you that because your
0: story was, was good also. Okay, thanks, man. Um, well, I think, I mean, we're at about 30, 36 minutes. I feel like it went pretty well and we're starting to veer off a little bit. So if you got anything you wanna say? Um Get your pet spayed and neutered or anything like that. I'm starting to sweat because it's hot in here and I've been talking the whole time.
1: No, I got I got nothing. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Willis. Thanks for coming on. It was it was fun. I thought, I thought we crushed it, especially for like the first thirty minutes, but yeah, until until we started talking about weird shit. Well, I thought that was
1: funner. Okay. The baseball
0: stuff. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess that is uh, the first, the first getaway day podcast with Willie Argo, and I think Mark's going to be a recurring guest. But not not just to talk. I'm, no, he's going to do- have like a, a the burger of the I'm week. I'm doing a
1: quote a quote of the week, and I'm going to branch off on. He's gonna- on how, how to live life gonna luxuriously
0: in the spirit. Can you talk more about buttering your bones also? I want to yes. hear more about that. All right. Uh, thank you. If you listen to this, have a good rest of your week.